0: We're in a series called Dash. If you're new with us today, perhaps out of town for visiting family for the holiday, Dash on your tombstone will be the date that you were born, the date that you die, and in between lies the Dash. In between is your life, what you did with your life You saw the story of Mickey Mantle today and his dash. And when I hear that story and see that story, it makes me think about what is success? What is success? Some people say that success is climbing the company ladder, climbing the corporate ladder, getting promotion, getting advanced to the top as quick as you can at your career field. There are others that would say that, 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 that success is being popular being famous in in the city or in the state or in America or around the world, being well-known, you are a success. There are others that would d- define success as driving a an expensive car or living in a big, beautiful home. They would say that is success. A, a lot of people would say that success is having so much money that they would not know what to do with it all. Matter of fact, some of you, You would define and describe success as, you know what, pastor, if I had so much money that I didn't know what to do with it all, I would feel like a success. Question, what would you do for a million dollars? What would you do for two million dollars? Would you walk across a tight rope 200 feet in the air? and you had to go 100 yards walking the tightrope, and there was no net underneath it? How many of you would do that for a million dollars? There's a few of you, and the Lord help you. Amen. Amen. Uh, there's a few of you. How, how many of you, what would you do for a million dollars? How many of you would swim in crocodile infested waters and you had to swim 100 hundred feet in the water and there were a few uh, sharks in it as well? How many of you would swim in that water for 100 yards, take your chances for a million dollars? I mean, yeah, yeah, there, uh, m- maybe one or two of you. Uh, h- how about this? How many of you would eat your own poop? For a million dollars. How many of you do that, huh? My wife didn't want me to say that today. I ran it by her. She didn't want me to say it, but I said it anyways. All right. It's my sermon. I'm saying it. All right. How many of you do that for a million dollars? Lift your hand up. High. I can't see it. I want to be, I want to bark you up. All right. Bark you out today. How many of you would eat somebody else's poop for a million dollars? For mi- two million, two million dollars. How many of you would we do that today? How many of you do that? Huh? Well, those of us that eat chitlins or chitterlings. You eat somebody else's poop, and it's for free. I mean, you know, you pay for it. <laughs> yes, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Huh. What would you do for a million dollars? Would you lie for a million dollars? I would ask you to raise your hand, but you would be lying, some of you, because you wouldn't, and so I think I'll just avoid the question altogether would you would you steal from your company for a million dollars would you would you walk out on your family your kids your spouse for a million two million would you just abandon them would you would you walk away from God for a million how about five million how about 10 million would you just walk away from God for 10 million dollars You see, Jesus addresses this very question in the scriptures. He says in Luke chapter number 9 and verse number 25, what good... Is it for a man to gain the whole world? And the truth be told, no one will ever gain the whole world. So Jesus is no doubt exaggerating as he is talking here and saying, listen, what would it, what good is it for a man to gain the entire world and yet lose or forfeit his very self or his very soul? You see, a lot of people aspire to gain the whole world at any cost. And friends, if you gain the whole world and lose your soul in the short term, in the short haul, you may think that you are winning, but in the long haul, you're actually losing. And Jesus is defining for us what success looks like and how to win in life, because when it comes to life, some people think they're winning, but After some time goes by, after some years go by, they realize they actually lost. In 2000, at the 2000 Olympic Games in Sydney, Australia, there was a lady named Marion Jones. Many of you remember Marion Jones, and Marion Jones was the first woman to ever win five medals at the Olympic Games in 2000. Three of those medals were gold medals. And and Marion Jones, she was famous. I mean, she was well-known. She was on the cover of the Wheaties cereal box. Everybody knew her around the world for this great accomplishment. Not only was she well-known, but she was rich. She had plenty of money. She had endorsement deals from winning. I mean, she was loaded. She she had nice cars to drive, a nice home to live in. Marion Jones, by, by many people's standards, was a huge success, and yet the tide turned. In October fifth, on October fifth, two thousand seven, Marion retired from track and field, and she also confessed of using steroids she also made another confession and said that she had lied two times during a government drug investigation and she had told a lie and and Marion went to prison for six months she got out of prison and had two years of probation she had 800 hours of community service Marion had to give up all the medals that she had earned, and Marion also had to give back $700,000 of prize money. Lamaine Diak, president of International Association of Athletics, said, Marion Jones will be remembered as one of the biggest frauds in sporting history. You see, in the short term, if if you would have talked to Marion Jones back in 2000, in the short haul, she thought she was winning. But in the long haul, she actually lost. And this happens all the time to people in life. People think that they're winning. But over time, they realize that they've actually lost. It's like Mickey Mantle. People think that chasing their career and chasing after money and chasing sex and chasing power and chasing pleasure will make them win, but over time, they actually lose. What good is it to gain the whole world and lose your reputation? What good is it to gain the whole world and lose your character? What good is it to gain the whole world and lose your family, your kids, your spouse? What good is it to gain the whole world and and to lose your faith or, or to even lose your soul? As Jesus put it, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world. What do you gain? How do you advance your life? What, what do you add to your life? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? The answer is that it profits him nothing. Actually, he or she loses. They don't even just have nothing. They end up in a negative. They lose in life. I like how the writer of Proverbs puts it in Proverbs 14 and verse 12. He says, there is a way that seems right to a man. There is a way that people think they're actually winning, but in the end or over time, it leads to death. They don't actually win. They actually lose. It seems right. And they think they're winning. They think they got the power. They think they got the success. But in the end, they actually lose. Lose. What I want to do for the next few moments is I want to talk to you about what we should gain in life. It's easy to pursue all the wrong things and think you're winning and then find out that you actually have lost. But I want to refocus us today as we look at our dash, as we look at our life, and I want to talk to you about what we should gain in life. And I want to give you three riches to gain. Three things that really make life rich, that make life a true, that makes life a true success. Number one is this. You can follow along with me in your notes there, in your bullet and fill in the blanks. Number one is gain Christ. Gain Christ. Now, I, I, I read to you about what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but, but the verse that, 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 that is right before Uh, Verse 25, verse 24, I want to read that to you. I I want to share that with you so you can kind of get a little context there. It says, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses, everybody shall lose this. I want you to catch that. Whoever loses his life for me, this is Jesus speaking for me, lose your life for Christ will save it. Jesus says, if you want to win at life, you have to lose your life. In other words, if you want to win, you got to be a loser. And I'm going to tell you, I don't like to lose. Anybody else like me that you hate to lose? I, I, I hate to lose. I don't like to lose. I know people say that there are valuable lessons in losing. I don't want to learn them. I want to win. I want to win. I, I like to win. When I was in school, I wanted wanted to win. I wanted to make the best grades and me and my friends, we would actually compete and try to see who could make the best grades. And I didn't always make the best grades, but I strived and I wanted i wanted to win. I can remember as a kid playing little league soccer or t-ball. I wanted to win. I wanted to start and I wanted to win. When I got to junior high and high school, man, I played athletics and sports. I wanted to win. I wanted to be a start. I wanted to be first string and I wanted my team to win. I played some college ball when I was in college. I wanted to win. I didn't want to lose. I wanted to start and I wanted to win i wanted our team to be a a winner I, I don't like to lose even now in life i like to win if, if i play you in ping pong i want to win you said we're having fun i'm not just having fun. i'm winning i'm winning i am winning if i play you in pool i'm trying to win amen i'm just having fun with pastor oh no you're not i'm trying to win go ahead and have fun i'm trying to win i'm trying to win i I like to win, man. I play a card game. I'm trying to win the card game. Even with my kids, I, I, I play to win. My my boys, they like to play the Xbox or the Wii when I play my boys. I try to win. I know you're seven. I don't care. I'm winning. <laughs> oh, you, you don't know, you don't know how to you don't know how to make the, the joystick works? Tough one. you, better figure it out, boy. Practice. I'm trying to win. I don't like to lose. And then Jesus shows up on the scene. And Jesus tells us. That we got to be a loser if we want to be a winner. He says you have to lose your life for him if you want to win at life. You see, what Jesus is simply telling us is how to be a success in life, how to really win at life. You see, in God's kingdom, we have to lose our life to actually save our life and to find our life in the kingdom we have to lose ourselves in order to find ourselves. we have to be a loser in order to be a winner you gotta lose you gotta lose you gotta lose your life to actually win in life i want to give you a clear biblical example of what it looks like to be a loser so that you could actually be a winner The Bible says it like this in a story in the Bible in Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 18, an example of being a loser so you can be a winner. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus is now picking his 12 disciples, and it says he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. This is how they made their livelihood. This is how they made a living. It says in verse 19, Jesus said, come follow me And I won't make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat, they left their livelihood, and their father left their family and followed him. As I read that, some of you are thinking to yourself, Pastor, they meet Jesus in one moment and they leave everything. Pastor, that's crazy. I mean, they, they left their career. They, they left the, the way that they make a livelihood and put food on the table, their source of income. They left their father, the Bible says. They left family to follow Jesus. They, they left their lives as they have no. They left everything to follow Jesus. And you're right, they, they, they did. They, they left everything, but they gained everything. Can I tell you, friends, it looks like they were losers, but they weren't losers. They were actually winners. They gained Christ. They gained a relationship with the Savior of the world. They were big-time winners. Let, let me tell you how they would have been losers as, as Jesus was calling them. And let me tell you, they would have been losers if they would have just kept fishing. As Jesus said, come follow me, if they would have said, oh no, I'm going to keep fishing. Because a lot of people in life, they end up losing in life instead of winning because they want to keep fishing. They want to stay in control. They they don't want to drop their nets. And your net's different than the disciples' nets. But they want to. Say, so no, I, I, I think I want to continue doing what I'm doing, and I want to stay in charge. And I like this pleasure, and I, I like the pursuit that I'm, I'm going out. And they want to keep, keep fishing. Yeah, yeah, some people now, they want to keep fishing, but they want Jesus to kind of be around them a little bit. Jesus, I'm going to drive the car, but you just kind of sit in the passenger side. And I, I want to stay in control. Because people don't want to lose their life. They want to keep their life. They, 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 they want to be in control. They want to go out for their own pursuits. They want a little bit of Jesus, but they want to keep fishing. Because they think they're going to win. But in actuality, the only way to really win is to drop your nets, to stop fishing, to lose control, and to follow Jesus to gain Christ. The way that you win is that you've got to lose your life for Christ. you got to stop fishing and give control up to Jesus. I, I like how Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 7, it says, but, whoever was to, but, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of of Christ, I lose it all to gain Christ. He says, what is more, I consider everything a loss. That's huge. He says, I stopped fishing. I drop my nets. I give up the family. I, I lay it all down. Everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake, I have lost all things. I have stopped fishing. I've laid down my nets. I've lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ. Paul says, I lose my life so that I can actually save my life. You want to be a winner? You got to be a loser and lose your life to gain Christ. Number two is this. I want to show you a second thing because we're talking about dash. We're talking about in between lies the dash and how to make your life a success. And we realize that the Mickey Mantle route is not not the the way to success. And so we're looking at what does the Bible say, say about success? What should we gain in life? Gain Christ. Number two is this. Gain relationships. Gain relationships. You see, the disciples, when they left everything to follow Christ... They gained relationships that helped, helped to make them powerful men of God. You see, the disciples became mighty warriors for Jesus. And a key component to God shaping them and molding them was the relationships that they had. I, I, want, I want you to hear this. Relationships are key. To your spiritual development. The the, the, the disciples, they they left their nets, they left their boats to follow after Jesus. And I want you to see the first relationship they gained. They gained a relationship with Christ, they gained a, a spiritual mentor. They had somebody that was ahead of them on the spiritual journey. They had a mentor who could show them the ropes, who could teach them about spiritual principles. Can I tell you that all of us in this place, we all need a mentor? We all need people that are ahead of us on the spiritual journey. We all need people that can pour into our lives. Let me tell you, if you want to be a success in life, if you want want to be all that God wants you to be, if you want to develop spiritually, because some of you are stagnant, you're not moving forward in your relationship with Christ. And what some of you need is a spiritual mentor. They left it all, but they gained relationships to stretch them, to develop them, to grow them, to be all that God wanted them to be. I have mentors in my life. I have people that speak into my life on a consistent basis. About my life, about family, about pastoring, about my own spiritual development. I have people that have been on the journey longer than me, that help shape me and mold me. Can I tell you, you never get so far on the journey of life that you don't need a mentor to speak into your life. That you don't need somebody to challenge you and to encourage you. You want to be all that you can be in Christ, you need to gain relationships. Let me tell you what else the disciples had. They they left everything. They left their boats and their nets and they gained a spiritual mentor, but they also gained what I call peers. They had each other. The disciples did life together. They, 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 they hung out together they talked together they laughed together they cried together they saw miracles together they witnessed together the disciples were stronger and better because they gained relationships and let me tell you every single person in this room we all need relationship with peers with people that can do life with us they can walk can i tell you life is miserable all by yourself we all need relationships with people who can spur us on, who can encourage us. We all go through good times, and we need people that will rejoice with us. We all go through bad times, and we need people that will help us, and we can lean on their show. We can cry. They'll pray for us. We all, when we're in the hospital, we need somebody that will, that will walk with us. When we're down, out, we need somebody that will pick us up. We all need relationships. It's key to our spiritual development, just like it was for the disciples. And I have those relationships in my life. And my own small group, people who challenge me, who encourage me, people that I do life with, that spur me on, that are there with me when I'm going through a tough week, that I can talk to and say, this has been a bad week. Matter of fact, this past week was a bad week for me. It was just, it was a a bad week. And I got people that I can talk to that pray with me, that encourage me, that love me. Do you have somebody like that in your life? Do you have two, three, five, six, eight, ten people? I'm talking about Christians. I'm not talking about Drunk Freddy. I'm talking about Christians. Somebody who knows the Lord, somebody who can give you a spiritual perspective. We we all we all need a mentor. We all need peers. And then the disciples, when they when they left everything to follow Jesus, they gained a third relationship, and that they gained a relationship with people who were behind them on the journey that they could develop behind them on the journey. Can the tell you, disciples became mighty men of God. Some of them became pastors and church leaders, preachers. They begin to develop other people spiritually. They begin to pour into other people. These fishermen became spiritual leaders and begin to invest in other people's lives. Every person in this room, every person watching me around the world online, we all need people in our life that we're developing, that we're pouring into. Everybody in this place. See, Pastor I've only been saved two weeks. I understand, but some people are not saved at all. Well, you have something to offer them. You can encourage them. Come on, all the things that God's taught you in your marriage, in your life, in your business, in your career, all the things that God has taught you, he wants to to use that to be a blessing to somebody else. God hadn't blessed you with everything that you've been through just for you. He did it that you would be a blessing to somebody else. And we all, we leave everything and we gain relationships. And part of that relationship component is that we would invest in somebody else's life the bible says it like this in proverbs chapter 27 and verse number 17 as iron sharpens iron so a friend sharpens a friend uh, one version says a, a man one man sharpens another or one woman sharpens another and every single one of us need to be sharpened pastor i'm not growing spiritually you need to be sharpened you need to be sharp and every one of us to be sharpening somebody else and we, we believe in that at, at people. i believe in it. i believe it's one of the best ways you grow spiritually That's why we have our small group ministry. That's why we have our community group ministry. I encourage you to drop out out, out in the lobby and you can look at one of our small groups and get get plugged in. Wednesday Night Connection. Listen, it's for the entire family. This Wednesday night we're kicking off. Wednesday Night Connections. It's a time of spiritual development, of growth, of teaching, of sharing God's word, of studying the word of God together. There's something for kids to grow spiritually and and it's something for teenagers to grow spiritually. Would you make it a part of your life? And I understand you say, Pastor, I'm busy. I know you are. But I want you to be all that God wants you to be. I want you to develop spiritually the way that the Lord wants you to develop spiritually. I want you to be the woman or the man of God that God has called you to be. And that means you have to leave everything and gain relationships that will take you to the next level. This Wednesday night, we begin how to live a life that honors God. Do not miss it. Make a commitment that you're going to gain relationships and be all God wants you to be. Number three is this. There's a third thing that I, I want you to gain. A third thing. Gain gain Christ. Gain relationship. We're talking about success. Number three is gain purpose. Gain purpose. The disciples left everything to follow Christ and they gained purpose. You have to understand, when we lose ourselves for Christ... Regain purpose. Check this out with me, Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 19. Let's look at it one more time from a different perspective. It says, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus gives the disciples an eternal purpose. He said, and it goes on to say, at once they left their nets and followed him. They left everything, but they gained a heavenly purpose they gained an eternal purpose. Don't miss this. You know what the disciples teach us? The disciples teach us that life is more than just fishing for food. In the 21st century, we'd say it like this. Life is more than just making money. They were fishermen. This is how they made a living. This is how they paid the bills. And, and they, they, they left what they were doing To follow a greater purpose. Now, please hear me. Some of you don't don't read between the lines. I didn't tell you to go quit your job. Amen. All right. All right. But I do want God and the Holy Spirit to call you to a greater purpose. Because somehow we get caught up in the hustle and bustle of life, and we start thinking that life is all about getting an education and getting a job making money, having a family, raising the kids, going on vacation, paying the bills, retiring, then get another job, and then die. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you think that's life, you're missing it because there's a greater purpose. We're all called to be fishers, of men. I want to make a powerful statement, and I believe this with all of my heart. The world will not be won to Jesus Christ by a bunch of preachers. It will be by lay people. It will be by by people just like you, who rub shoulders in the marketplace, in the workplace, Day in and day out with people who are far away from God. And let me ask you a question. Do you go to work? Do you go to school? Do you go to the ball games? Do you go to the community, to your neighborhood? Do you go with this on the forefront of your mind that you are a fisher of men? Or do you just live life with the purpose, I'm making some money, I'm raising the kids, I'm going to pay some bills, I'm going to retire, I'm going to go on vacation. Or do you live with a burning passion, an eternal purpose that says, I'm called to be salt. I'm called to be light. And my prayer and my hope is that God would burden your heart. You will leave your nets. You will leave. Fishing, and you would become a fisher of men. Your life counts for the cause of Christ. There's a higher purpose and a higher calling in your life. Gain Christ, gain relationships, gain purpose. I hope that's your dash.